0: Thanks for tuning
1: in. Yeah, first starting out, you lean not out of capital. Uh, we are not, you know, we are a cash-based company. So I, when I started the company, you need to have a pretty good seller. When I started the company, I only, I started with $10,000. I was selling it the back of a truck. Um, So, you know, it's just about taking a leap, you know, when you're in that situation, I went about for two years without pay. So I had to reinvest back in the company. Um... You know, I took a lot of risk during those years, but, but fortunately I had a fam- this family support that was able to support me. Um, so now, you know, with, because of the risk, you know, I'm able to, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. We're, we're able to grow and we're a very safe company.
0: You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey, everyone. My name is Angela Hollowell. I'm your host of Honey and Hustle. And today I am here with Chi, the founder of Wood and Water Studio right here in Durham, North Carolina. He does incredible kitchen and bathroom remodeling, uh, just taking your interior design to the next level, really creating a home that you will love because if you're anything like me, kitchen sell houses. So I love to cook. I love to be in the kitchen and I love to work in a place that inspires me. So thank you so much, Chi, for joining me today. My pleasure. Yeah. Uh, so today I really wanted to dive into um one, the fact that we have never had uh, someone who is strictly a remodeler on the show. We've had some construction people on the show, had some real estate agents on the show, but nobody who specifically focuses on remodeling and upfitting in the way that you do. Um, and quite frankly, that's really kind of surprising considering that is somewhat of an overcrowded space, but sometimes being in an overcrowded space can really be a strength for a business because you know that there's a demand, right? So why did you decide to create Wood & Water, specifically focusing on remodeling and not other types of construction?
1: Um, So, you know, we are, as a company, we're a community-based company. And so there was, you know, we designed kitchen the best. Uh Along that process, you know, there's a model. Uh, in our building industry, there's a, a shortage of, of houses. So, you know, we one of the big focuses that we do is we focus on existing houses We also do new construction too, but we do a lot of remodels. So, you know, just because there's a shortage of houses and where we're at right now, the baby boomers are kind of reached their age where they're in their retirement and there's not enough houses to get back. So when those people move out, then uh, the next generation that's moving in, you know, we cater to those, to to their needs. That the people who use the space now is going to be a little bit different than, you know, and a baby boomer generation. So we decided to focus on that, you know, to keep our resources, you know, um, right? it's just, there's a need for it, you know? And, and right now, especially with the economy, with interest rates going up, uh, a lot of people are staying. So that's actually a really good thing that, you know, we diversify. We don't just do one or the other, you know, we do remodel, we do new construction. That way, you know, we're, we're a little more diversified, not as vulnerable saying like, new construction has been down. Since the rise of interest rates, well, we're still kind of insulated right now.
0: Yeah, thank you for making that distinction. Um, so when you first were like thinking about, okay, how can I meet the needs of the community and meet the needs of people who are, you know, either buying older houses or staying in older houses? Um, what, like, how did you kind of like find out more and do research on this local economy? Like, were you already in the uh, real estate or construction industry?
1: Yeah, so uh, prior to uh, prior prior to starting a company about five years ago, I worked for another uh, big cabinet dealer here. Um, with the school for interior design, I worked as architect, you know, a couple of architects, and you know that's kind of how I, how I found that's how kind of how I f- kind of fell in. And I also during the time when I was in school, uh, I did a lot of farm woodworking, so you know I was start like building cabinets. I had a very I had a pretty good background foundation, though. You know design uh and also hands- on so you know I try to get away from it, but at the end of the day I always came back to it you know it was other reasons um you know reasons re- remaining from financial to uh you know lifestyle um you know those are you know this seems to be basically one of my passion I just couldn't kind of get away from it. and I didn't discover this until you know about five years ago you know I'm gonna figure out i I think I could do this on my own.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's a beautiful place to be because it sounds like you, you said you ran from it for a little while due to financial reasons. Were you thinking like, oh, I don't have the capital to start my own business? Like, you know, what was your thought process and hesitation behind doing your own thing?
1: Um, So I've always been kind of entrepreneurial, but the one thing that um, when you first started out, you later out of capital. Uh, we are not, you know, we are a cash-based company. So I, when I started the company, you need to have a pretty good seller. When I started the company, I only, I started with $10,000. I was selling it the back of a truck. Um, so, you know, it's just about taking a leap. You know, when you're in that situation, I went about for two years without pay. So I had to reinvest back in the company. Um, you know, I took a lot of risk during those years, but, I, but fortunately I had a fam- this family support that was able to support me. Um, so now, you know, because of the risk, you know, I'm able to, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. We're, we're able to grow and we're a very safe company. We don't have a lot of debt. Uh, I, t- I take a lot of advice from a lot of, the, uh, a lot of the previous entrepreneurs. I talk to them, you know, and in my field, they give me really good advice. You know, I try to keep my overhead pretty low. Uh, you know, we, we're going lean and lean.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that phrase, lean and mean. Um, and I think that, you know, when it comes to debt, that can be like um a controversial topic, especially debt in your business, right? Because some people are like, well, you can have debt that you can leverage to grow your business and just pay it off over time versus you where you're like, yeah, we're a cash-based business. So we like, we eat what we kill. There is no like, you know, oh, I'm going to have debt and just hope that I can pay it off one day. I need some kind of safety net there. Um, Now that you've been from a place where you're like, I don't know, I had the capital to do this, to like, it took me two years to truly be able to pay myself to now being in a place where you're comfortable, like, what are some of the the ways that you started to look at money differently once you had a company?
1: Yeah. Um, uh, I think right now um, uh, I've actually changed the way I look at it. You know, I, I grew up in a very traditional way of thinking, you know, note that, you know, you want to pay everything off. But now I'm actually looking at or as we further expand now, you know, as a business we have to we have to take a risk. And right now we are actually looking for uh uh we're looking to like, um we're looking to, to buy a venue for our showroom. So right now we are actually in the process of looking for a space and we got qualified, we have the numbers to be able to back it up. Um so you know, I've kinda of changed my mind on how I think it's a balance of the two. Uh, I need to be kind of safe because I also have a family, I need to support, but you know, I also want, want the company to grow. And as this company grows, it's also not just the company growing, but I'm growing personally. Uh, there's definitely a lot of challenges.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when it, When you say you're growing personally and you talk about your family a lot, you know, what has this journey been like with you and your wife and, and all that type of stuff where you're talking about, like, Hey, like I know this is going to be risky for me to start a business, but you know, I really, and I know I can't do it without your help and your love and your support. Like how has that like either strengthened your relationship as you have like progressed in the business now? And cause obviously you've grown, your business has grown and you know, you know neither one of you truly knew what this is going to look like in five years, but now you have an idea looking back, like, what has that been like for you guys?
1: Yeah. Uh fortunately, uh my family has been very supportive. Um and they she just always encouraged me in what I do. Uh, you know, for me I'm always when I was thinking about going my own, when I got laid off uh from a company, you know, I decided part of the thing that drives me was I decided I would not want to be the one that getting laid off. If it's anybody it's gonna be the opposite. Um and you know, she's been very, very supportive. Um, but yeah, we never thought at this point we'll be at, at this, at, at this stage, uh, family support is very important. Um, and as, as I, and I'm still learning. So as a, as a design professional, what you have to do is I think one of the traits of being a good designer is being able to grow. There's always a better way of doing something. So that's just basically design in general. And for me, you know, I can be a good designer, but I'm learning how to be, how to manage people. Man, people is probably the biggest challenge in all business. So me, I have to seek advice from other people. I have to think outside of box. I have to really be self-conscious of what I'm doing and really learn about, you know, the mistake in this, it, it runs parallel with design. You know, you might do a kitchen design and it might do it this way. And then you get in the field and you say, oh, this is a better way to do it. Or maybe uh, the installers tell you, oh, you know, it looks good on paper, but this is a better way to actually do it on the field. So, you know, part of growing and everything and design, it kind of, it really runs parallel always learning.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to, um, to put that. And I, I think managing people, especially when you come from a creative kind of background and kind of like, you know, where you work with your hands, you're very hands on, you know, the first thought when you start a business isn't like, oh, I want to hire a bunch of people or, oh, I can't wait to be somebody else's boss. I mean, maybe, but like, you know, there's some party that also may not know fully what you're getting yourself into, right? Like, how do I, Really grow a team that's going to, you know, work hard, embody what my company stands for, you know, work with me to grow the business, you know, not cost me a lot of money. Not no, like say that you shouldn't make people equitably, but like, you know, in a sense that like a bad hire can be costly. You know what I mean? Like, that's just the reality. Um, so when it comes to like your ethos on managing people and like building your team, like what are some of the things that you look for when you're hiring?
1: Uh, I look for people who come not uh, I'm very fortunate to enroll in this uh, business growth group called uh, Accelerator, which is EO and we have several tools like we use Culture Index. Uh, it's a quick couple questions that you take it's a little survey that you kind of take about where you are, you know, c- questions easy questions that you answer about how you feel about certain things and it's actually pretty accurate. It tells you that who you are where your current state is now and kind of what you're looking for. So when you're Say like if you're interviewing someone, you have them take the same culture in, index um, to the survey and it'll tell them like kind of who that person is. They might not know. A lot of times we don't even know who we are. But when they when they tell you, hey, you are this person right here and this kind of what makes you get up in the morning, you start to realize, oh, this is me. So, you know, just, you know, that's a tool that we use, Um, you know, and, Really starts with like, the, um, we have stuff called, we have a, a chart called store, score scorecard, where we actually put down where, you know, on this particular job, what is needed to accomplish that job. From that job description, we come up with a job. From that job description, we come up with like an ad, you know, and then they're scored on how they perform. So there's a way, it, I think it's very important to be upfront about what your expectations are and justification on, you know, Cause at the end of the day, I don't I don't really manage anyone. They, everybody manages themselves. They know how they know what they're doing and they know if they're doing a good job or not. I'm just here to facilitate and get them the tools to succeed.
0: This episode was made possible with SapbyCal. Scheduling meetings manually can be so time consuming. And scheduled video podcast interviews is no different. From making sure all your guests have the correct meeting link to following up with next steps. The list of emails goes on. But what if you could streamline this process? With Savvy you can. Take the stress out of your scheduling workflows with customizable reminders, the ability to sync multiple calendars, and more at the link in the description. All right, let's get back to today's guest. That's a good distinction, too, because when we think about, you know, leadership, which is what you are now, you are a business leader. You know, a lot of times, again, going back to that mentality of, like, managing people, what you're really doing, is being a conduit for them to do a great job. You know, you're really serving them in some ways as well, because you're just like, how can I provide you with the environment that best allows you to work in a way that aligns with your skill set? Right. And that that skill set hopefully aligns with the miss- mission of this business, right? Like that's the bottom line too. It's like you don't really want to be in a position where you're like standing over somebody, teaching them, like critiquing them like day in and day out. You really want people to be able to work. Autonomously as well. Yeah. Um. So again, going back to wood and water, and like being a community-focused business, what are some other ways that you engage with the community, and you know, have really kind of now, as you can see, established yourself pretty solidly now as like one of the to go-to people for remodeling. Yeah. So we, we
1: we're very heavy on relationships. So personally, I'm a, myself. You know, I do a lot of networking through different organizations, the City of Durham. You know, we've done some Dur- Durham Chamber, Home Builder Association, both organizations. You know, we and we get back. I mentor students, you know. I uh, graduated. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fellow pirate. So graduated from ECU. So, uh, you know, we, we mentor those. Uh, just like this past uh, February, we had an uh, uh, international building show, Kitchen and Bath show. You know, there's a couple of students that came from the school. So kind of walked around with us for, you know, a couple hours. You know, just to help you really understand. You know, um, yeah, you know, that's kind of what we do. We're a, we're a people community based company, and you know, we value people because that's that's what it is. You know,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Uh, when it comes to to mentorship and really like putting yourself in a position to answer questions and teach and and be a resource for people, probably in the same way that other people have been for you, like you said. Um, like, what are some of the things that helped you get into that that mindset? Like, were you ever a person who was like really big on teaching, or like how how does that that economy work? <laughs> yeah, good
1: question. Um, one thing that really resides to me that someone said to me is, "Your network is your net worth." So I'm um, all the big people. It's all about you know we're people, and it's a lot about what they say is it's not. What you know is who you know. A lot, sometimes, I mean that's part of the thing. Um And then growing up in the in the, inter, in the interior design program, you know, we had uh, like a big and little program. And I still talk to my, you know, big. I guess she, I guess she's not my big sister. She's in the field. You know, she's also entrepreneur. And then she had another one. So you know, that, that I thought that was a great. You know, I'm always. It's just part of always learning and taking advice from people. You know, you listen to people. I mean, not to be naive and everything, but, you know, you listen to people and you really think about how that applies to you and, you know, yeah, just people. I mean, that's that's the most important People, that's what we're about.
0: Yeah. Um. So when you think about, like, what you're instilling in these students, what you're instilling in the people that you hire, like, what are some of the things that you hope that they get from you that they carry, you know, whether they're working for you or whether they're working for somebody else?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, just be yourself and, you know, be a critical thinker, um, you know, networked. Uh, that's a big thing being with people, um, being able to think on your own, um, yeah. And believe in yourself. That's the biggest thing. Believe in yourself. You know, if you believe that you can do it, you know, you need to believe you can do it, then you can do it. It's all about, it starts with a mindset, you know, willing to learn. Um, Yeah, you know, yeah, and be be just be nice to people. You never know like who who can help you, or you know, you never know if you turn around the corner, somebody can help. If that person's going to be can help you, or they, you know, you never know. You know, opportunities everywhere. You know, but you know, it doesn't hurt to be nice and you know, understanding and show empathy for, for other people. Um, and and you have to have a mindset of. If you want to do it you're gonna do it so that's why i have a mindset Um uh, i'm afraid of failure that's why i do what i do you know i want to succeed but if I, I know that if i put my mind on something i'm going to do it uh growing up i had a lot of people in my life that told me i couldn't do so like for example i tell you when i was in art school um i think it was my sophomore i had a teacher i wasn't very good at drawing this you know in art you either either like a 2D or 3D, you know, sometimes some people can draw very well 2D. And I'm more of a 3D person, I move my hands, I make with my hands, and I had a teacher tell me, if you can't draw, how can you make it? You know, and then two or three years passed by, I had a senior show, and you know, I was doing uh, wood woodworking, fine woodworking, and she actually said, hey, oh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, your stuff is really, really good. You know, people learn a different way. Um, but I never let anything, I never let anything that work against me, you know, hold me back. I see it as a um I see it as a challenge. So that's kinda of what keeps, that's one thing that kinda of keeps me going, is, you know, I know I can do it. Uh and being a business owner, it's hard. It's hard and it's not built for everybody. But that's one of those challenges that you know, that I like. You know, I'm very dynamic. Like if I sit around and I do something that's like over and over again and I feel like I'm just, you know, I'm just like a robot. I like the challenges. Good, sometimes stre- very stressful. Sometimes it's not. But overall, you know, I, I love it.
0: Yes, heavy on the very stressful at times. <laughs> it can it can be rough. Um, but I want to go back to what your teacher was saying. She was like, well, if you can't draw, how can you make it? But now that you're owning your own business and you're creating designs for kitchen remodels and bath remodels, how have you... Worked around communicating the design that you have in your head to your team or to your client.
1: Um, I, I'm still working on that. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I, you know, and we just talked about this uh, with my fellow colleagues. Uh, one of the things that we do as far as design wise is we use a so- we use software for 2020 design. Uh, we design it. We, we're visual. we very. My field is very visual, and once I show them that design, you know, I listen to them. I talk to them. Um, I learn about what their needs, what their wants are in the kitchen. And then I make suggestions based on my experience and I put all of my technical knowledge in, into that space. Uh, but we do a lot of vis- visual, visual. You no, know, we, we have sample doors. We have uh showroom, you know, you come and get a showroom experience, you get one-on-one experience. It's not like you come in and it's like five people are there, but you get one-on-one, one-on-one with us. Um, we do drawings, d 2d and 3d. I mean, a lot of our clients love the color renderings. You know, and it's just about communicating, you know, about people and communicating, setting expectations up front. And, you know, we've been, we've been somewhat pretty successful at that. There's some challenges, but we've been pretty su- So somewhat successful.
0: Yeah. Um, so speaking of success and what you define as success, you said you do what you do because you're afraid of failure. Like you're afraid to fail in this business. What does failure look like for you? And what does success look like for you?
1: I think failure would be, if I would be, I think, I guess the pinnacle would be if I have to close the office down, you know, say like we go bankrupt or, you know, I keep, you know, not, we keep at the certain state, at a current state. If I keep where I'm at by myself, then I consider that as a failure. So I, I do consider it as a failure because I feel like I'm not able to grow. Uh, success would be, you know, uh, having a having a good team around me, um, having people that, you know, very positive work environment and being able to uh, contribute to, to the community, being able to, you know, still provide for our, our next generation of designers, uh, being able to offer advice, you know, being able to do, um, you know, nice projects, you know. Yeah, even back to the community, so.
0: Yeah, you said giving back to the community twice. So I see that's very, very important to you now um, and probably will be forever, forever in the future. Um, You know, a lot of times, you know, when people think about, what do we call it, charitable giving or, you know, corporate responsibility, right? It feels like we're talking about a box that a business feels like they have to check off to say they did a good deed for this year, or for this quarter, And now they're just going to move on, right? They, they, you know, when we think about that, it doesn't feel like they have a real emotional connection to the impact that they have or could have, you know, within the community itself, right? As long as the rest of the business is doing well. So like how important is um, community impact and community relationship building? Because really and truly, if that's the heart of your business, that's how it's going to continue to grow, right? Um, If you continue to invest in that. Like how important is that to you in relation to like your bottom line or to your finances?
1: I think I think if a person does what they do, love what they do, and they feel good at it, they they're all they're gonna succeed in some way. You know, it might not be, you know, and a lot of times when you start succeeding as a business, it, the revenue usually follows. You might not be looking for it, you know. But I mean, it it, it is definitely a, a, a big a big part of what we do. Um, it's just giving back, like for example, we do a lot of stuff with HBA and we do give, you know, we do do donations, you know, we fight for uh, affordable housing. It could be the uh, big A or small A. Uh, As Wake County right now, in Durham County in this area, you know, we're like two years behind housing. So that's not, just a shortage. And because of the shortage in supply and demand, the cost is gonna go up. Now you're able to supply, I just read, actually I just read an article yesterday. It says, um, some of the bigger cities they they have an access amount of inventory of homes, so now the prices are coming down, so you know we you know we we help on the uh, uh, you know on the state on lobbying you know to make it you know so we can have more supply for for our building industry yeah that's about the community right there so.
0: No, yeah, it is. Affordable housing is a very big topic right now in Durham and I'm sure in other places in North Carolina because, you know, there's people that have lived here for years, you know, since they were kids or, you know, their parents have lived here for a long time and they're like, yeah, I can't even afford to, like, live here anymore without a roommate or I can't afford to downgrade my house if they're an older person. Like, I can't afford to downgrade because everything is so experienced, you know, if I want to downsize my home, that's just really not an option for me, right? Um, and so I think, like, when it comes to, like, having a community that can really support your business, it starts with making sure there's people <laughs> somewhere to live. <laughs> like, if they can't live there and they can't stay there, then, like, your your customer base is going to continue to change, which could be a good thing. But could also be seen as, like, um, a hindrance as well. If you're always, depending on your business, garnering new customers versus, like, working off of word of mouth or referrals from previous customers then that kind of creates um, a difficulty in like customer acquisition for your business. So just like in terms of affordable housing, there is, um, you know, some conversation around like ADUs and things, accessory dwelling units. Do you work with those at all? Yes, we've
1: done a few. uh, I had a a contractor that uh, was in uh, in Carborough. We was in Carborough and they had a... uh... So what's happening now is that the baby boomers are... Got to your age where you know they're not living in a big in their main houses you know they want to live with, like the kids like for me uh intergenerational home so like for me uh my parents we are actually generation because my parents live with me um oh. someone has to you know someone has to take care of them you know they they take care of you but i had uh, a couple contractors uh in the raleigh and cardboard area where they converted a, a detached garage into an ADU unit so well, it was a pretty interesting you know Small little kitchen, kitchenette, you know, bathroom, nothing too big, but you know, but it works for them. Very nice.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought of it as because I think like you know, as we think about like restrictions on land, like even if we did have more houses, they there's only so many places they can go. So not every house, new house that hits the market, can be a single family home. Some of them are going to have to be, you know, um, apartments. Some of them are going to have to be duplexes. Some of them are going to be townhomes. And townhomes are really, you know, popular around the triangle. Um, It's like when we think about variety and we're thinking about using the most of the resources that we have now, accessory dwelling units is like one of the things that I think is going to become more popular as we as we continue to move forward here in terms of the housing landscape.
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much for, for being here with me today. I appreciate all your insights on design and creating a business that is truly community oriented. And, uh, can't wait to see what's next for this showroom for Wood and Water Studio.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your time.